If I were to ask you what God looks like, you might say that it's a picture of Jesus or a flame of fire. When I ask children what they think God looks like, I almost always get Santa Claus. The man in the sky with the beard. Now, that may have been one of our first images of God. You know that I love Byzantine icons, the kind that are painted, not on your phone. And one of the rules of icon painting is that you do not directly depict God, the Father. But in some, you can see the hand of God coming down into the picture, out of the clouds, giving a blessing. And then there is the hand of God that is even more iconic, that is on the Sistine ceiling, that God, Father, white hair, reaching down to touch the hand of Adam and bring the first human being to life. The psalm that we have read today speaks about all the kings of the earth praising, giving thanks to God because of God's ways. And what a vision that is. All of the kings of the earth giving thanks to God for God's word that lifts up the poor and does not listen to the arrogant. This psalm truly is, he's got the whole world in his hands. And we love this image of that God in the sky. Even if we come to know that there's something more than the God in the sky and that Our images have become more sophisticated. There may still be that longing for that supernatural power that makes miracles. That when I am in trouble, oh God, you stretch out your hand. And there's that control over the events of earth. God intervenes in human affairs to fix things. Or something happens that God protects us when we accidentally run the red light and a car just misses us. Or God holds up a friend's house in the midst of a tornado so that it remains intact. Or that God reaches down and restarts someone's heart in the midst of a cardiac arrest. That word forsake in that last line, do not forsake the work of your hands. That word forsake literally means in the Hebrew, do not let go. Do not relax the muscles of your hand so that what you are holding is dropped. And there's this wonderful image of God holding on to us, except that sometimes it can seem as if God has dropped us. 
surely if the whole world is in God's hands, God has lost grip on parts of the Middle East and Syria and Iraq. And then we have to face, what about the person who didn't even run the red light and was just sitting there and was killed by the oncoming car? Or the home next to the one left standing that is stripped to the ground? Or the people who drowned in the cruise ship in China? In some ways, it's that age-old question, how can we believe in an all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God who holds us in divine hands? And yet, terrible things happen. And sometimes we say, well, God must have a reason. But I say to that, whatever reason would be good enough to have tens or hundreds of thousands of innocents die in a tsunami or an earthquake. A God up in the sky with control and supernatural power. Many people today, when they say they do not believe in God, are speaking of that supernatural deity with the control over. Because they've seen just too much sadness and destruction. And there's a rejection of a God who will save some but not others. So what if there is no old man up in the sky reaching down to fix our lives? It's quite a thought. This beautiful psalm also presents us with another ancient understanding of God. The word of God, the name of God. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name, to your being. You lift up your name and your word and it gives strength to my soul. God's word has power to give life and strength. God spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. God's word became flesh and dwelt among us. What if I ask you to imagine what a God looks like, a God who is everywhere, all at once? That presence that permeates everything, the holy, radiant, luminous mystery in us and through us and all around us not supernatural power over to control, but power to give power, power to give life, power to give strength, the force and the presence in us and with us and surrounding us. 
so often when I pray with people and how we pray for God to heal. How we pray for peace and strength. And yes, how we even pray that God will somehow fix things. And we pray that God is the breath with us. And often in the midst of that prayer, there is a sense of the presence, the holy presence, such that the air vibrates or quivers. It's a very real and powerful experience of the presence of God. And God is right there. This might be the God that I felt when I hiked with my husband up to the chalet above Lake Louise in Canada, in the Canadian Rockies. And you get up there and then you look down and it's, it was a beautiful day. And it takes your breath away. It is so unbelievably beautiful. That's a God in and around and with nature. But not a God who controls a tornado. This beautiful song gives us both images, both images of this God above us and a God with us. And when we speak about a power that is with us, rather than being the supernatural intervention, we speak about divine intention. And yes, do miracles happen? Absolutely. Is it a mystery? Yes. There is the divine intention that the poor will be lifted up, that there is a wholeness to life, that we will be healed. And there is the divine interaction that works through us and with us by the power that God gives us to strengthen us, to love with compassion, and to do justice. We get into a problem with God when we fix on one image or make it too literal. If you only have the anthropomorphic, supernatural deity up in the sky, you are missing a tremendous amount of who God is. Yet sometimes we need to be able to see God's hand and we need we need to be able to know in some way that God is watching over us. There is this time of year about now when I used to take my confirmation class on Long Island into the city at, into New York City at midnight, literally. We called it the midnight run. It had been going on for decade, and this was a decade ago. And the reason that you went into New York at midnight was because there was really less traffic. And you could go around 
And we would, suddenly at night, you would see where the homeless people lived. There was this city of cardboard boxes that disappeared during the day, but they were there at night. And my confirmation kids and the whole church before this had collected clothing. And they had separated and marked them by size, and there were jeans and shoes and T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats, and we bought new socks. And we stuck them in the trunks of the car, and we went in with this caravan of cars loaded down with clothing. And we instructed the kids to treat our homeless friends as if they were shopping at Bloomingdale's. And there was all that divine interaction for the divine intention of lifting up the lowly. And those kids had an amazing experience of the presence of God. In the midst of this one night, around three in the morning, we were with a particular man who broke out in praise and began to sing His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. In the midst of all of that divine intention and divine interaction, there was still this image of the God whose eye watches over It's really beautiful. God's presence is in the hands that hold us here. God's holy presence is in our hands as we reach out to others. God's hand is the hands who help us and heal us in surgery and by cooking and writing new governmental policy that lifts up the poor. The hands of saints before us and saints yet to be. The hands that drive the ambulance that are there at just the right time. The hands that took bread and broke it and gave it to us to take into our being so that those hands are part of us and work through us so that we can pray. Hold me in your hand. In your mysterious love, greater than I can ever know, hold me in your hand. Yes, we are in the hands of a divine mystery. Yes, God's got the whole world in his hands. Amen.